right we are here with two wheels of freedom podcast number 109 with rob bitos if you don't know who he is you're probably not that deep into the industry what you froze up for a second at least on my end okay and the race is going in the background you can still hear it they're not going to be able to hear that online nick all right i'm just throwing it out there i'll unplug the computer totally so now we have a sick intro for the show (laughs) it's usually how that goes how long are we gonna be on for um normally we do about an hour okay so that's cool i got a uh I got some dinner coming, so if I have to hop up and grab it real quick, I'm bacheloring it out. Everybody uh, went to a family thing this weekend. All right, that's fine. So I got to hop up and grab it real quick. Okay. This is a dude bringing it to the door. No problem. Go ahead, get it. We'll do this. Don't want to be disrespectful, you know, the show, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> this is a flexible podcast. This is flexible. Yeah. Not too serious. You already seen that Nick just screwed up the intro, so. <laughs> it happens, Clint. It does happen, doesn't it? We're recording, right? This is live? Yeah, we're live now. You ask me that all the time. We're on the internet. Sometimes he says, I thought we were live. Guess what? We weren't live. We're live this time. To be fair. Rob, what's up? How are you? I'm very good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. You guys have... Uh... We've been trying to hook up now for a couple of days and finally it worked out. So pumped to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to get, we wanted to get you on right after Moto Fight Club um, just because that was all the buzz. Uh, <clears throat> so I figured we'd, you know, at least get you on now. You have another event actually coming up this weekend, correct? Yeah, actually, um, ever since that, uh, that first event, the phone's been ringing off the hook and we have, uh, we actually have two events coming up this weekend and, uh, few other really unique kind of uh, motorsports motors you know motorsports two-wheel four-wheel everything so yeah we've got some crazy things coming from monster trucks to moto to flat track to we have a barbecue fight club coming out as well so that's wow. gonna be something unique the kansas city professional beef commission reached out to us and they wanted to have a little beef barbecue throwdown because you know so many of the state fairgrounds are shut down and that's kind of their venues and they're going to do a little bit of a different format and they're going to bring it in and throw it on and get the belts out for a champion. Awesome. That's, uh, yeah, all the, pretty much every fair, uh, I know, uh, Northeast here is done. They've shut us down, New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. So definitely the idea you have of, um, producing some live streaming shows, you know, is the way to go right now. Um, it's unique if you're going to watch television, you know, how everything is you flip around and you kind of look for things that you would like and with these streaming platforms. Now you just kind of plug into what you dig and you find a channel that works for you. And this chance in this opportunity is to fight TV that F I T E dot TV started off as combat, but it's morphing real hard in the motorsports. And we're kind of a, a leader in that. And we're bringing um, quite a bit of new content out giving people a different way to watch it and the performers a different way to be part of the production as well. So it's really a lot of unique stuff we're trying to do. And we're trying to do the entertainment. I don't think you're ever going to see us try to do the, the 40 man gate and the 30 plus two. I mean, there's people that do that, that that are at an incredibly high level. We're kind of more on the entertainment side of things. 
Well, and that's fine, right? You can find your own avenue and uh, yep. move over. Obviously, like you said, to compete with, you know, pro motocross or uh, supercross, you know, those things are already done and those people have yep. a hold of those fields and years of experience. So it's hard to throw your hat in that ring. But, you know, if you step to the side and you kind of come up with a new little avenue, which you totally have, you know, sure. then that's yep. how you do it. Yeah, we got some pit bike things coming. So, you know, we have a lot of different avenues, a lot of different things that um, people, you know, they talk about the culture of the whole two world and four world world. We'll talk about them, but sometimes you don't get to see them. You know, a lot of the television programs don't really go after that real niche stuff. And I think we have a chance to do it and bring some good content out to the world, some interesting things. And we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. So you... Like I said in the intro, you've been around the moto community pretty much forever, right? I know that, um, you know, the Ohio area here or there, everybody knows who you are and a lot of people, you know, in regular Supercross and stuff. Um, It's funny at home, you know, go hang out somewhere, you know, with my wife and, and kids and, and nothing really outlandish happens. I haven't really worked around the Youngstown area for oh gosh probably the last 20 some years um where you know you follow supercross motocross moto gp um they had us doing on the harley side sturgis and daytona and all that stuff so all of my work was always in different states and we'd go to anaheim one and go to Chili's down there off of catella and hey man what's up and my wife how do people in anaheim know who you are but no one in boardman knows who you are i'm like hey that's just kind of how it goes so it's sort of funny, but yeah, I've been around a long time. I um, always had a passion for it as a kid growing up and just like everybody rode and raced and that wasn't going to work out as a way to make a living. And uh, big Dave Coombs gave me a shot to be a, an announcer and a bunch of other things like that. And next thing you know, we're, uh, you know, we're traveling around the country, parts unlimited Thor guys like that. I've worked with them for a couple decades now. So that's kind of been how it's gone. And, I've been pretty fortunate enough to be right there with some really cool stuff. And you're big in the pit bike world. If I'm not. Yeah. I mean, we were at the nationals years ago, we were all there and you know, when you're at a race, I mean, obviously you're, you want to ride, you know, if you like motorcycles, you want to ride to things and it really was pretty impossible for us to do it. And then there was the evening and we, we got together as a bunch of industry at the time that was always camping and staying there and, we come up with our pit bike national championships. And the next thing you know, we were getting Carmichael Stewart, uh, Chad Reed, all the boys were bringing over their mules and all their mechanics and watching us. And heck, we were getting the biggest crowd as, you know, we were getting a nice size crowd. If you were at the race, you were over watching us. Yeah. And, you know, it went for quite a while. And just like anything, it faded out. But man, is it back in a big way right now? Sorry you, about that. You also did the, didn't you do the pit bike of nations? At oh Red yeah, Club? sure. I started a riot at a motocross race. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, we did that. We've done, uh, we did pit bike racing at Chicago land. Um, we are going to do one this year, the monster mini master of the pit. That's going to be coming out. We have Carson Brown coming to do it. Who, if you follow the mini bike thing, you know how he is on <laughs> and um, it's a chance to bring them out. But when they redid the Supercross schedule, the event was going to be June 11th, I believe. But he's racing on that day, so we're going to have to reschedule it. We're, we're looking for a date, though. Um, 
but we'll keep you posted because there's a little bit more conversation when we can do it with a, we, we need a crowd for that okay when do you know when they're loosening up in ohio on crowds too too bad i mean you know um the stuff that we were doing with moto fight club and even flat track and the bar, it, it's no crowd but the pit bike thing i actually need competitors so we're just going to be a little mindful make sure that you know we don't want to put anybody in harm's way for you know whether it's a hassle from you know not being able to do it we're just going to make sure we put a little more investigation into that event right. the other ones I, I feel we're confident with because we're less than 10 people in our gathering no crowd very minimal track crew and a tv production crew and that's about it right yeah so how did uh you get all those guys together i'm at first I like the way you guys put it out because there was nothing about it. And then all of a sudden, all these big guys start posting this. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's not spelt right. I'm like, now he's got Villapoto, Stanton, and Brat. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Pastrana's going. He's got a 500. Like, that's a pretty there epic was setup. No, um, we were on a phone call and the phone call kept, we kept adding people. And before you knew it, we had enough people to have a zoom meeting. Isn't that the new way things are yeah, done now? Right here. And we had a zoom <laughs> meeting. Right now. And, you know, the, the ideas got thrown around real fast and furious. And we said, you know, if, if people are really, really having a hard time figuring out how to put together some kind of racing and I get it, they were trying to incorporate championship points and things. We were just trying to do some entertainment. These guys said, we'll, we'll do it. We'll drive there. We'll come real incognito. I was surprised the vehicle of choice was a Suburban. There was like four of those That's there. That's Pulling ratty ass trailers. Like these guys had bust out trailers. Did they, they come in? Where'd they get these trailers bike, from? Did their deal. We had a couple, uh, couple funny ass stories. Drank some beer. Laughed our asses off. High-fived. And when the auction was done, found out we generated over $50,000 for like road to recovery wow. and cystic fibrosis and uh, uh, goggles for docs. So, you know, that was definitely worth it. And yeah, it was awesome. kind of a, it, it was, it was a little accomplishment. We we're all pretty proud of ourselves on, and, and it worked out well. When it first happened and I saw the fire pit chat pictures, I'm going, why are they someplace? It's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, well, it makes when sense you, now, you know, knowing well, where you you're notice, from. Like, and in, in, in even with the Flat Track Fight Club and things, we don't have a sponsor. So, I mean, anyone that's ever put on a race from the track rental to the track crew, um, the insurance, the, the production, I mean, everything. We were responsible for every part of it. So we needed to find a place that didn't exactly fit the typical mold i think if you know if you have a big building and you have to rent it and there's empty seats you know kind of looks unfortunate this place has never had a fan or a starting gate till 11 o'clock uh tuesday afternoon we had a starting gate brought in so yeah. it was really a raw backyard kind of brawl kind of fair and, and it, it it worked out well for us we were pretty excited about it no, that is a good setup. Like you said, it doesn't have bleachers and stuff all around, so it doesn't look empty. Yet, it's an awesome track, and it's a really good facility. Oh, uh, i got to give a massive shout-out to uh, Timmy Boca and Dave Bianca. Without those two guys, none of this. I mean, Timmy was head and shoulders just 
killing it. So, you know, to Tim Boca, I, I thank you, uh, Dave Bianco for, you know, when you come to somebody and go, Hey, I need to use your facility. You got to dress it up real nice. And these guys are coming, you know, and you're like, what? And they're like, come on. And you're like, yeah, just them, no one else. And just them and no one else. We did it sort of kind of like the whole secret. I mean, no one pulled in with really a big, you know, a semi or anything that really said, Hey, look, we're going to a pretty high end motocross race, you know? Yeah. And then all this, the gear and the helmets and the, the championship belts. I mean, that was some pretty unique stuff. These guys were digging it. Yeah, absolutely. Timmy is definitely a good, um, find for you right there because he does all the, you know, monster jams and I think he's done super crosses mm. and he knows how to prep everything, you know, like show worthy. So, I mean, I think it was a good combination of track in the middle of kind of nowhere and a dude that can shape everything perfect and have it look really good. No, it was, I mean, I, like I said, I couldn't thank him enough for the hard work that, you know, he and Dave and how they had the place ready to go. And, you know, as the day went on, you know, the guys, well, can we do this? Boom, right there, fix it. Can we do this? Absolutely. You know, it was no, uh, I don't know how we're going to, they jumped on the equipment. They made immediate changes. If these guys wanted a rut fixed or something a little steeper for, Travis to backflip they just did it you know and, and man when you got a track crew like that it's it's easy to dream bigger than most you know yeah and I'm sure on their end only having to deal with what, what was it six riders or something like that is much easier than <laughs> we had a little guys, more than that we had one rider that uh unfortunately wasn't able to compete Ivan Tedesco we were at 10 so we had nine okay but uh you know it was Still was, more manageable. Uh, and Ivan number. was there in spirit, so you know he's he's part of the team for sure. So yeah, but yeah, he's all better too. So that's even better. But I'm saying it's easier to manage with only ten guys versus you know forty or eighty or whatever at a. Oh, I mean, and listen yeah, to I, everybody. It, for how we did it, um, you know the the spot that we were able to find the the fact that um, it was just these guys, and obviously during this pandemic i believe is what they're calling it or a crisis in america if you're getting your city ransacked those are the two labels as to what's going on um you i don't know you, you want to do it where you kind of come in and can get it done and not have to deal with trying to make somebody forced into an environment they don't want to or not comfortable in and the riders at that time i don't think we're going hey what we want to do is shake hands about seventy-five thousand times right now so everything worked out Moving forward, we're probably going to keep the crowd limited. It just is easier for us to keep the shots clean and and stuff. And, you know, watching it at home with your friends, that's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was at, we were just at Trevor Vine's place. And yeah. You actually know Trevor really well also. Me and Trevor from wherever. Me and Trevor from wherever spent a lot of time in box vans. That's how <laughs> the motocross industry feels about Ohio, huh? It's just wherever. Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> not motocross, think, freestyle. Sorry, freestyle motor. Well, the freestyle <laughs> movement. I mean, there was some. It was kind of funny, you know. I don't know. Trevor probably told you there was. You ever hear of the Canfield Fair? He actually he tell you that story. Um, we actually did. I think on the podcast because I can't, I know Trevor from doing freestyle. That's also how I know Tim. Well, this was before freestyle. Well, this he, was. He this told me been, so how we got into doing the shows and stuff. So 
you know, pro action suspension motors and stuff, right? George Quay and DJ and M. I worked for them way back in the nineties. And I mean, they really did give me a heck of an opportunity to, to travel the whole world, do all the, whether it was the dirt rider, 24 hour test or motocross test or build the, you know, get the bikes ready, all the trick parts for, and this was back when magazines were doing bike tests constantly. And, um, it was really a good time. So Trevor and I, uh, were working together and he was kind of the rider. I was kind of looking after all the things at the nationals and we were at Troy and he was just kind of struggling. Things just weren't going his way. He was, you know, wasn't making a lot of money, you know, racing nationals and stuff like that. And we were down there and he was riding and he was just in a bad mood, just like not happy. Things weren't going good. And you know how, like when somebody's bitching and they're walking up to the line, maybe if they're just in that mood, you just egg them on to like, just be mad, you know, just go to the next level. Then if you want to be pissed and get pissed <laughs> and he was bitching about couldn't make any money. You know? And I said, I'll tell you what I said, and he kept saying, all I want to do is just do tricks. That's all I want to do is go bust tricks. I said, well, you look like an idiot if you're doing it in third. I said, you go out and it, these were those four lap sprint races. And I said, every lap, that you're leading i can't remember the name of the big like a triple jump in the at troy there what the hell was it called wasn't anyway, the widowmaker was it huh wasn't the widowmaker was it maybe that's what it was i think that's it what was, it was called it would have been right to the dead left of the starting line you know what i mean like often anyways let's just call it that for now <laughs> and i said every lap you're in the lead you can do a trick over that thing That'll make you feel better if you're out front. I said, but if you're second, you can't do a trick. Well, he whole shots the thing, wins the thing, and he's, you know, what the what were they? Uh, saran wraps and hill clickers and then stale fish saran wrap. And I don't even think they were doing seat grabs and stuff at the time. It was all just kind of foot and bike tricks and yeah. stuff. And he won the thing. I remember he beat Nick Way in that. Doing and tricks? <laughs> yeah and and just came back and he was just out of his mind and it was way towards the end of the year and he was like yeah yeah you know and you know so we went to a local fair race and by that time by the time we got to the fair race i want to think he had a yz 400 this is the he story had gone I... from a, he had gone from a, a he was riding honda the aluminum frame hondas that look real cool but you know didn't work so good but he got this 400 Yamaha and we went to this fair we bought all black plastic for it and we made it a Harley Davidson and he won the thing and was doing tricks and it was a monster truck show and these people went nuts that he was on a Harley Davidson in their eyes sounded like one black you know definitely wasn't a two-stroke for so for them that was that was it and they called and I think they sent him out on the warp tour after that and that was when he kind of quit being a motocross racer and became a freestyler yeah he had know, told hardcore. me the story where he said somebody had called you and just been Lloyd like jansen you got this guy on a jumping a harley or something and he beat everybody <laughs> uh, how the hell this happen <laughs> like what's he on a sportster i'm like he's on a yz 400 well, that's not a harley i said it is it's got black plastic and harley stickers on it yeah that's brilliant i said yeah thanks so, <laughs> been always trying to look at things out of a different perspective forever so yeah and i normally do not like black dirt bikes but that one was cool because it was harley yeah exactly yeah. um he also told another story 
where you guys happened upon the filming of Fresno Smooth, actually. Oh, yeah. When we were out at uh, at Glamis, we were coming from Supercross from like a Dirt Rider 24-hour test. And we, we were leaving the San Diego Supercross. And I remember we had to go to Indianapolis. So we had a little bit of time. And, you know, we had dirt bikes. And now we're from Ohio. We've seen Glamis. We've never been there. So we get to Glamis on a Monday. And there's nobody there. Not a soul. As we're driving around looking for even a place to park, we happen across this really customized semi. And the dude in the semi had like blasters and banshees and they didn't even have side-by-sides back then. You know, this was the 90s. It was just shit like that. And he's giving us a little lay of the land. So we take off riding the next day and, you know, up and down these Razorbacks and these mountains and through the valleys. And it's fun, but, you know, there's no one there, so we don't know what to do or where the the supposed big jumps really are you know and we we end up making our way out to this gas station if anyone's ever been there it's it would be like in the northeast corner of glamis and it's a gas station and you walk in now this is back when those biafi helmets you remember those things they were real horrible they were like 79 dollars <laughs> they were like three hundred ninety nine dollars in this in this little gas station. Oh if you needed a quart of oil, it was like seventeen bucks. I mean, it was crazy. They had you if you were there yeah. and you needed anything. They had you. So we're back there and we we're kind of laughing and we're heading back and we had gas at the truck, but we knew we were sort of getting low and we weren't exactly sure if where we were at was the, the best place to be. And we're like, if we could just find a main road you know, then we'll know where we're at. So we just come up over this hill and we're sitting there and we're watching these two pickup trucks come hauling ass down the road. One of them has a number one bike in the back and the other one has a black Honda in the back. And they kind of come pulling into the parking area real hot, get out of the truck. And so we're going to ride down just to see if they have a little bit of gas, just to make sure we get back to our truck before we, we pull off. And it was Jeff Emig and Seth Enslow. And then the guys that were filming for Fresno Smooth. So we're like, hey, what's up? And we knew them from Supercross. And uh, they're like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, we're on our way to Indy, but we thought we'd check it out. And Fro's talking to Trevor, and he's like, you ready to hit that jump? He's like, which one? And he's like, that one. And we turn around and look. We're like, we still don't see it. Which one? And then he goes over, Jeff does, Emig, and hits this thing. I mean, you could hear him, you know, how like when you hear somebody on the gas for like, 25 seconds just he's over this thing and lands and we're like holy shit that's not what we were thinking you know yeah so he comes back to trevor and he's like you gonna go over trevor's like what gear you and he goes third everything you got in third that's what it is he goes i don't know about that 400 because that's what he was riding was the yz 400 he goes but I'm, i'm guessing it's probably the same they're about you know so Trevor kind of lines up behind Jeff and follows him up the face of it and jumps it and makes it perfect and lands, comes back. He's like, holy shit, that's the biggest thing I've ever jumped in my life. And we're talking and Trevor starts following him over and following him over. And Seth is just sitting there. And he's like, to me, he goes, you're going to jump that? I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to jump that thing. Well, what gear do you think they're in? I said, I heard him say third. You think they're in third? I'm like, I'm pretty positive. He said third. Well, they come riding Edward and by now Trevor's probably jumped it eight or nine times. You know, obviously Emig's jumped it at least that many, if not a few more. 
And Seth is like, what gear are you in? What gear are you in? What gear are you in? They must have told him a hundred times they're in third. He goes up, hits it in second. No way. <laughs> that was it. I'm like, we can hear him. You're like, first, second. That's not third. And it's just ring it. And he goes off and it ejects him out the front. And he comes slamming down. Just like you think he would, just like you think he would do it. And that's how we ran into those guys at Glamis. And then, I'm pretty sure Trevor's got it on tape because this was back when we were VCR and everything. Not your phone, nothing cool like that, like a big thing. Yeah. We ripped on a Sonic Burger overhang on that trip. <laughs> I don't know. We did a bunch of things that didn't make as much sense now as they did then. <laughs> World's coldest shower. Filled up the shower. We were pressure washing the van, the box van. So we filled up the shower. It, it was like filling it up with ice water. It was the coldest shower we ever had in our life. But, you know, <laughs> like country line dancing in Texas, you know. I know. You get all I like kinds how Seth, of Seth didn't disappoint. Oh, no. I mean, he, you know what? Super nice guy. And just, I mean, he stood there and asked. If he said it once, he said it 15 times. What year? And they kept telling him <laughs> third. And he tried it in second. And that was it. Live up, broke, live the, up. broke the face mask of his helmet off. It's like did damage to like shit that I've never seen broken like that. <laughs> you know? Because he didn't make it even to the other side. Like he fell from the highest point to the lowest point, you know? Fell like into the face of the landing almost? No, like into the valley of the thing. <laughs> like it went real bad. It wasn't good. Uh, but he got up? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, I mean, there wasn't no more riding after that. It wasn't like he was getting ready to go hit it again. Oh, but, my gosh. I wonder yeah, if you got to find that video. Up. Yeah, exactly. Huh? I wonder if that made it into the movie or anything you know what i almost want to say that it didn't i talked to adam he doesn't have time. a big crash in that movie does he mm, no uh, no it's like a distance jump long. It, yeah but it's not a sand no thing. this wasn't this i mean it was he didn't go long enough no, on this one no that <laughs> jump was different that was um a jump in uh vegas that hart had the one that's actually in the opening of the movie so it's definitely yeah. not a dune i'd have to ask him if they even have that footage they did. I mean, they, I'm guessing they do. There was, you know, I don't remember even who the, the guys shooting the cameras were at the time. That was, that was just new, all that video stuff, you know, the, the, you know, sit around and watch crusty demons and Fresno smooth yeah. and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. That's just mid nineties when Fresno was filmed like 94 or something like that. Yeah. This would have been a little bit later than that. The 94, this would have been like 90, 96, 97. Well, the YZ 400, 90, it was, it was real early 97 because the YZ 400 had just come out. And this was like the first one that we could get our hands on. You know, that. that's when it was filmed. They came out in 99, but it was filmed okay. in like 96, 97. So you're right. Okay. Now that I think about it, remember, cause we made that intro. It was all 1999 stuff, but he said yeah. it took him like a year or two to get the thing out. Yeah. It was a whole different way to, <laughs> to show everything from the music to just everything. That was all that, all those uh, fur suits and the fur yeah. sport bikes and <laughs> all that shit. Well, apparently those... I remember going to like some, some freestyle parties and that, and they were based on a party. They'd bring like some sort of ramp to somebody's house and like jump over half their house and like land just a little bit past the swimming pool or something, you know, they Safe were, stuff. it was good times. <laughs> Sounds Back like in a good the 90s. time. 
Shit's changed for sure. You don't do that now. No, not really. Just they Harry have full Bank. compounds at their house. No one had that. You just had a ramp. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully the yard fell away nice enough. You could use that as the landing, you know? And there were, you remember would... when, when, when backflips were getting real popular, right? Yep. So there's a kid um, back in this way. He was backflipping a TTR90. Oh, the black we flip. Yep, and we were doing and to flat, no what landing. Was his name just, again? You know, off of like a eight or eight or nine foot tall ramp to flat, landing on a TTR ninety. What was his name? <laughs> name was Aaron. Um, oh gosh, right. I'm drawing a blank on his last name. Right. We now. had him at Youngstown for one of my. Um, we did amateur freestyle motocross contests for years. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I, I'm sure he would have been down there. I mean, he could stick to things every time. Well, we had. He was the only mini bike guy. He was the only one flipping at the time. We all rode big bikes, but nobody flipped. So we brought him in to flip at the event. That was the only flip we had. Was him. Bummed I can't remember his last name. He's really good friends with Freddie Norin. Real good friends oh, with really? Freddie. When Freddie was first come to America, his wife's from back here, Freddie's wife. When he first came here, he was racing arena crossing, and that was his mechanic. I'm really I can't think of his last name right now. That sucks. Anyways, he's a good guy. Yeah, he backflip a mini bike to flat. Yeah. At time after time after time, you know, just do it they took him over to france to do it to one of those i think to bercy or something eric bernard took him over way back in the day nice yeah he should have just gone the big bikes he'd have been the man he'd have been so early in i don't the game. know if he ever did any tricks on big bikes i really don't i never heard of him again after we had him and honestly i've totally forgotten until you just brought it up and then i was like oh shit i remember that dude he had like a stuffed animal or something Zip tied like to bird. his exactly zip tied to his uh number or his chest protector. Chest protector, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah. There's a hey, there's definitely been some some you know from the Mad Mike Jones there. I mean, hell, I remember going to some some races where the the intermission show were were hill clickers. Like I said, just a real I don't want to say remedial tricks because I mean the knack knack back then was a proper freestyle trick. Yeah. You know? I'd see now we'll get into some freestyle politics. Nick loves the heel clicker, but I think they're, <laughs> I think they're stupid. But a knack knack <laughs> is still at least a technical trick. Like knack knacks are still kind of gnarly, and if you can whip your bike out and get all turned around, they're still sick. Knacks are hard. I mean, the progression that I remember from the real early days. Um. And, you know, the warp Tour, all that stuff. I mean, even when the Metal Militia was just really getting started out, you know, the get a CR, cut all the plastic, make it black, open up the airbox, whack the seat, roll the levers up as high as you could. I mean, just look pissed off, you know? I mean, the whole time, that was your deal. And, like, with Trevor, you know, he and I talked a lot. <clears throat> and he was on the warp Tour. They were, you know, they, they couldn't quite understand, <clears throat> excuse me, why he didn't kind of a go with them in the whole metal militia side of things, you know, go black, just be pissed. Why we can't get no help. And he and I had been talking quite a bit, you know, almost daily on the phone. And I'm like, and I wasn't necessarily the biggest freestyle fan. I said, but every time I've seen you, you guys jump up into the ceiling and the ceiling's black and you have black clothes on and you're on a black bike and you blend into the ceiling. I go, I don't know. It's less impressive. Maybe. 
So he always kind of stayed more motocross rather than the, I think he wore LBZ for a little bit, which was kind of funny, yeah. but I think he went right back real quick. Yeah, but, yeah, I didn't, you know, but hey, those guys parlayed that metal militia shit into some big smoke. So Link Kogel and Deegan and the boys, nice job. Yeah, for sure. No, Trevor, I liked that Trevor had his own deal. And he was like, and I even said this weekend, you know, his house is the same way as Trevor's shit has always been, like dialed. Like everything's good. Everything's like, you know what I mean? Looks good. You know in why, place. though? There are so many guys that are motocross guys that don't know how to work on shit. They couldn't change the oil in their car. You know, they just <laughs> yeah, don't do sure. it. And Trevor's one of those guys that can do it. He can drive the bulldozer. He can fix the Steiner when it breaks. He can, you know, the things that if you're going to have something nice, you have to know how to make it nice and keep it nice. You can buy something nice, but people that don't know how to do shit, if they buy something nice before long, it's not that nice usually anymore. Yeah. If they use it, yeah. you know. But that's but what his I mean. stuff's nice because he knows how to make it nice, keep it nice, and you know. Listen, yeah, I can gotta... I can fix shit, but I don't keep it clean like he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just some because when you guys were there, did his dad pull out his car? No, I didn't see his dad at all, actually. His dad has a Shelby GT 350 that he bought Just brand new. <laughs> Still has it. He'll wow. pull the thing out of the garage on like a snowy day up there, just so people driving by lose their mind when they see a Shelby sitting in the driveway while it's flurrying. <laughs> yeah. He'll wait till there's a dirt bike race and get in it and drive it back to the dirt bike track, 50, 60 miles an hour down that gravel road. Uh -huh. He looks like Bronson pulling back in there. Awesome. Own the car forever. He goes, It's my car. I'll drive it any way I want. Yeah. <laughs> I drove this thing in the winter its whole life. He goes, come on, man. You know, that's probably why Trevor is so dialed. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're around stuff that, you know, you just know how to do stuff if you don't, and then you got to wait on people to get it done. And usually it, you know, doesn't quite come the way you like it. You've seen all those little ponds with all the rocks. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he that's, is... not, that's not a fun job to do that. He did that shit by hand. And he's pretty far away from anything, honestly. Like, so to get help with anything, people to do anything, I'm sure they're coming from far away, you know? There's not just uh, people right around the corner. It's 15 miles to get coffee. You know? Yeah, I mean, where you have a coffee maker, you just make it yourself. <laughs> well, I didn't, I wasn't just rummaging through his house. Such a coffee, coffee snob, huh? <laughs> well, no, I went to the if gas station. It's not station. a car trip. He can't even think about having a coffee, huh? Dude, I went to a, I went to a gas station and it, I got coffee. It was the worst coffee that I could have gotten. He's not a total snob. He came to my hotel to get Continental breakfast coffee. Yeah, and it ended. What do we have for continental breakfast? An English muffin and coffee. Wrapped in. Were you, its own. were you up at the Quality Inn up there? I think you were, weren't you? Or was it a? Is that what it was called? Hilton? No, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. It might have been. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. It was sanitized. Oh, yeah. There was oh, arrows sure. on the floor. We're, we're clean. We're clean in the OH10. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio's always nice. Yeah, we're the salt of the earth here. <laughs> You're wherever. I lived in, uh, leaders of men, you know, in Ohio. I lived in Columbus for a summer, and there was Honda That's Hills down there. Ohio down there. <laughs> <laughs> You're in fucking fake Ohio. It's uh, only real if you got Amish people rolling out on your property. Oh, I mean, you know. They showed up for the, the whip contest. 
Hey, they'll come so get some Millers and some Yoders. They'll come storming by there. Yeah, we were filming the whip yeah. contest, and in the background there was a buggy with a horse. Perfect, as it should be. Trotting <laughs> out there. I love their style, man. They don't pay no taxes. Handle their own business. They're good. I keep yeah. trying to tell boys, and they need to deliver parts by uh, Amish buggy, but they said they've never done you it. Can yet. Do it. I was like, if somebody they, needs that they shit. There's got to be some loopholes there they could be working. Yeah, cross town, in the snow. What's going to get oh, you there? Oh, for sure. Horse they and buggy. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's not sweating it right now? The Amish. No. They could yeah. give a oh, shit. Oh, they're fine. They ain't got no air conditioning, but they ain't sweating it either. <laughs> well, that's why when it goes out and we're all freaking, they're like, this is just normal. Yeah, get some wool underwear on, get them hanging out on the line. That's yeah. good stuff. Yo, that's who's surviving when shit goes down because they're just like, we've been living off the land the whole time. You idiots been going to the supermarket. Uh, it's funny. You go out in some cornfields out there and there's still pay phones in the middle of cornfields. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, proper pay phones. You know, the little one, you put some quarters in. Yeah. Yep. Most people don't even know how to use those. So how many people are we going to have watch tonight? You think we can move the needle on the uh, Fight TV app and get some people signed up for our Flat Track it, Fight Club where we take the world of flat track racing and bring Jared Mees and uh, Jay Springsteen and the rest of the legends of the sport together and have a battle out on Taco Astros to find out who the baddest dude in the land is? In five Going days, for another championship belt. We're going to find out. We're going to try to... I'll post that up, and I'll push these on the uh, social media platforms as well. Yeah, you guys ought to be an affiliate for us. Yeah, we'd be down with that. that. I'll have my guy get a hold of you. You'll be sweet. You'll be able to buy right here on the thing, and then you become an affiliate. You get paid. Speak to me. I told you. I just did. I told you. You're you're going to become one. Say, I'm down. I'll have you sort of the... the flat fight club mod- mantra down here you're in you right. like gotta do it you guys are so fight club that i was seeing fight club stuff not aware that i was watching fight club see that on instagram you were too a- see you were annoyed by the spelling weren't you nick you and your teacher wife you guys are like oh my god what clint it did right take test? me a minute to get to the website i was on some other mma i'm like i don't see any dirt bikes on this <laughs> you were like did so- clint write this out why is it all spelled <laughs> wrong <laughs> We were trying to be, we were trying to be clever with the MFK. Oh, that's oh, but I, I won't, uh, I won't forget it now. F-I-T-E. Now you won't forget it. See that club with a K. Yeah, you're bringing that. Uh... Now where'd you go to college at? Uh, yeah, about that. Little bits of nowhere. <laughs> okay, all right. Did some Michigan, some Michigan uh, kind of men's community college. All right, hold your hand up and show me where in Michigan you were. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm trying to remember how Michigan. I'm in Indi- uh, Illinois, so this is a hilarious thing that you two guys know yeah, about. <laughs> I was here. That's Muskegon. how Michigan does it, you know. Got the got everything going on there. Where's the UP at up there? Yeah. Is that Scott Murray's yeah. all the way? Seven up, hours up, away. Above the What's crazy finger? is the UP was Ohio, and we needed a port, so we traded them Toledo for it. As soon as we did, they found the biggest gold strike ever up there. Nice no way. Ohio. For sure. <laughs> Just because I spelled club with a K doesn't mean I'm not a smart, educated man. You go home and tell your wife I'm a smarty pants. <laughs> I am. I'm going to tell she was teaching the kids about states today. Now they're going to learn All something. Right. 
You're going to be like, you know how stupid Ohio was? They traded this and then Michigan. <laughs> all those just money. Just a port down there. Yeah, it was a bad The Michigan. Michigan. Got hustled by Michigan. That's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, who guy. knew Michigan was that smart? Why do you think we hate uh, the Wolverines so much? Yeah. The Buckeyes. Yo, is um, what's his name? Is Ryan Sipes going to be in every one? We have to actually come up with some kind of event that he's never done. He's never road raced. He said he wants to road race real bad. I have a road race coming up later this year. Yeah, I've like had every odd thing you could do. I've managed to talk Wayne Rainey into letting me have a Harley Davidson bagger road race at Laguna Seca. It was supposed to be in July, but with the whole COVID thing, we got moved back to October, but we'll be able to have fans. So there'll be a bagger road race there. Nice. Basically, you lean over until your bags hit, and then that's as far as you can turn. Well, you know, so for <laughs> if you know much about Harleys, I mean, have you seen them yeah. the last maybe 10 years or so? Yeah. The whole thing was the big giant front wheel and the down and back bag. So the whole thing was all an inch off the ground while it was sitting there. Yeah. And a bunch of the Dyna guys started doing it. So instead of lowering them, they were going to 14 inch shocks. Instead of lowering the front forks, they were going two over, putting mid mount controls, carbon fiber titanium exhaust um way more aggressive handlebar ergonomic setups now they're not going to be nowhere near as fast as let's say a 600 but they have a way better chance of getting around there than they did just six months ago with what the custom crowd was doing right so they're pretty cool what are they running like uh what size motors you know like the 104s or the big ones well so the 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 stock motors that come in them um, are a 117, a 114, or a yeah. 107 in the new M8s. These guys will probably have 131s in them. Woo. I mean, it's it's big, more big suspension, big swing arm. Like I said, a lot of real expensive bikes. They'll have probably easily close to 100 grand in most of the oh, bikes. I can Ooh. tell people, and I've ridden a lot of bikes, and I get to test the bikes at the shop, and those 114s will fucking move. So I could imagine. Oh, these things what are, they got you know, like on. the the one I have in the garage right here right now is a 124. It's got oh, I gotta have it at least a hundred pounds or more underweight. And there's some other guys that have already knocked probably close to 200 pounds off of them. Wow. You know, taking the whole subframe off that's metal, making it out of either injected molded plastic or chromoly or even aluminum, just crazy stuff. Yeah making the bags out of carbon fiber, everything like that, the fenders. I mean, the, the front fender on my bike, the stock one was 17 pounds. Uh-huh. The one on my bike now is four ounces. Wow. What is it, wow. carbon? The dash panel on it was, I think, six and a half pounds. That's four ounces. So it's just, there's no, you know, it's tons and tons of weight. The stock muffler, I think, you know, the dual pipe with the catalytic converter was like 37 pounds. I have a full titanium pipe that weighs four pounds. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's taken off insane weight yeah. like that, you know. Jeez. Not even the same bike. No, uh-huh. it's, you know, and that's how the street stunt guys are able to kind of push them to the limits they are too right now. Um. So you, that's not a stock motor, right? You had a No, pipe. no, of course yeah. not. Yeah. 17 is the biggest that they make stock, correct? They sell a 131 now. Oh, they sell okay. it. You can bolt it in complete, or you can buy a kit and bolt it in. It. But what's funny is the kit's cheap, but when you add up all the labor, it's easier just to buy the motor. Right. It's cheaper to pull out, pull the clutch off the motor out and put it in. Right. 
Yeah, I work at a <laughs> shop. We end up we end up having Harleys and stuff in there as well. Um, yeah. So I get to test them all and work on them a little bit. But uh, yeah, those 114s and shit are no joke. It's stock. So I can imagine you guys uh, pump them up and shave all that weight off. I bet it's gnarly. Yeah, big throttle bodies, big injectors, pistons, you know, cams. Um, a lot of the M8s had an oiling problem, so there's some different cam plates and things. But, yeah, they run pretty good when you get them sorted out. Yeah, and you like anything. Like a power commander or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, not like buying whatever, a- It's funny. People, when they – I used to – when I with Parts Unlimited, we had to be brand managers, and I had Power Commander. What a Power Commander is essentially a jet kit for fuel injection. Mm-hmm. And because of the way it sounded, people were buying it thinking they put a Power Commander on their bike. Shit's about to go to a new level. Yeah. Like, I'm like, did you do a cam, air cleaner, pipe, anything? No. I'm like, you just tuned your stock motor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it's called a Power Commander. I'm like, well, yeah. If you do something, you can Command make it power. do what it's supposed to, but. <laughs> It doesn't make your bike faster just by the only bike that it ever made faster, just bolting it on the TL 1000 S that's why the power commander was invented. That thing was so poorly calibrated that they had to do something. And when they figured out how to crack it and do it, they're like, shit, it's all the same. Yeah. But that bike, if you put one on, it'll physically go better than with just that. Yeah. I mean, we do have bikes come in that just don't run well. And then they get on oh, yeah. to sort them out. But yeah, you're not adding power. You're just pretty much, like you said, cleaning, basically jetting it, cleaning it up so it runs yeah. correctly. So what are you looking at, Nick? You look like you're studying. I'm it. looking for replays of the Fight Club. I just found <laughs> it. There you go. Because I didn't see it. So now that's what that's my next goal is to get dead and go watch this race. So now after... Um, Flat track fight club. What do you have? You have a mini bike race later in the in the year. You said. Well, we got things that, um, like I said, a lot of people. We have a monster truck show coming up. Oh, that's right. Which is something that is real unique to me. I mean, I've never even. I mean, I've been around it in the passing glance, but you know, being around, they're nice guys. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're. I. I if if we could get. Uh, you know, some of the guys in motocross being as friendly on the mic as those guys are, you know, they really know how to engage the crowd or the people watching at home. Who do you have monster truck wise? What, what's trucks, trucks or drivers, or I rode at monster Um, jams for Joe Silvestri is kind of heading that up and he's in the bad habit. Okay. That's what trucks called bad habit. But then he has a group of guys and he also has another division of monster trucks that have these, 48 inch wheels they're supposed to have 2000 horsepower smaller wheels and then maybe even some micros that that's kind of to be seen how he orchestrates that whole thing with him but i'm sure he'll do a good job yep there they are cool yeah yeah i've been around days road monster jams obviously forever because that's basically mm-hmm. where most of the motocross you know freestyle stuff was at for a long right. time so yep Oh, there they are. Samson, Stinger, Rap Attack, Pretty Wicked, and Bad Habit. I think there's a few more trucks, but those are the ones that are confirmed right now. Yep. I can't help but go, Samson, whenever I see that truck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rick Steffens. I know, but that's from yeah. Half-Baked, where they're like, tell him Samson called or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he debuted that bad boy in 1983. 
Yeah, dude, he, that Samson's been around for a long ass time. They Patrick, uh, what's the original guy's name? Isn't it Patrick uh, something? Patrick Stevens or something? His his chassis from Patrick Enterprises. Yeah, I think that's. I thought somebody else owned the truck originally. Maybe I don't know. So many trucks. Who the hell knows? Um, anything else? Any other Fight Club stuff? You doing freestyle? Do we need to do that? Um, well, you know, it's there's so many things that are on the table right now, and, and we have to. We're trying to be a little bit selective. We're not trying to to do normal things that you know would just be like, you know, oh well, that was kind of. I could see that anywhere. We're trying right. to bring some things that are unique. Um, but yeah, we we have some things on the table. I, if 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 you wouldn't mind, I mean, anytime we get something, maybe we could come on and bullshit about it. Absolutely. I, I like the premise of the old school guys, you know, like basically, even if it's not a good match anymore or whatever, having Stan well, and Bradshaw lined up next to each other. Epic. We've kind of talked about how moving forward, we can incorporate it. And, and when we do the 2.0, there will for sure be some, some twists It'll be the same format, but it'll just have a few twists that go, oh, okay, maybe that makes a little more sense right now. So right. that's the plan. Yeah, but I liked the old, I liked you guys bringing people out that weren't necessarily just, you know, racing right now. And I'm sure schedule-wise and training and all that, that was a kind of a thing. But I think it worked out good. It was good to, you know, see Stanton and Bradshaw back at it again. And uh, Villapoto and Alessi, who've battled just as long as Bradshaw and Stanton. So it was cool. Well, you know, I mean, I, I've never understood this. And I've been around the, the industry a long time. We do a great job of creating these mythical creatures whether it's ricky carmichael or ryan villapoto or chad reed or a lot of the guys and and they retire now reed's a little different scenario but most of them are in their late 20s they're traditionally pretty healthy they've had themselves in world-class shape probably as early as six months prior to this and then we as an industry struggle to find things for them to do you know I mean, we, we, we do dealer events, we do fan events. These people are perfect for that. Like, I love the 125 races at the Nationals. And I wish they had a class for the kids. And then they had another class of 12 or 13 guys just for the legends. Yeah. Because I don't want to see the Golden Gloves kid knock out Mike Tyson. You know 100%. what I mean? Yeah. If Buster Douglas wants to knock out Mike Tyson, that's great. I'll let Mike Alessi and Ryan Villapoto race every day. I'll watch it. <laughs> I just don't want to see him get beat by a kid who has everything to gain and nothing to lose by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's his mindset. I mean, you could imagine back at the camper the night before the dad is He'd have to be rabid getting the kids pumped up for this opportunity. You're going to beat Villapoto. You're going to beat, you know what I mean? Whoever. You know, I've seen him drink his fifth beer. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, he's out there to have a good time and hang with the boys. And, you know, and and that's what they want to do. And these other people are obviously there to establish themselves and make a living eventually. And I wish them luck. I just, you know. Yeah. It's it's a different, I, I think the, the recently retired or even in this case with some of these guys, the formerly retired guys are still a treasure to put around, you know, 
Yeah, and all those guys have been they've been training since they were, you know, little little kids. And you don't yeah, forget. And you have to do one lap. I mean, come on. Exactly. Every race is serious. Now they finally get to actually, you know, still race but enjoy the whole event. And that was, you know, kind of like at the end of that event. I mean, it wasn't a nice night as far as like, you know, 90 degrees and sunny. It was 50 and cold. Drip, dip, and these guys stood around for hours just talking to each other because they're not going to see each other for a while. And a lot of them, they hadn't seen each other for years. And, you know, it was just, you know, a chance to kind of, and they weren't being pulled away at that time by, you know, some folk that wanted to picture something they were yeah. just able to bullshit it was it was really something kind of cool how about just the dynamic of then having brad sean stanton together like removed from this <coughs> stuff so far and even villapoto and alessi because those guys for all intents and purposes hated each other during their actual pro careers um brad sean stanton never really hated each other they actually even rode for the same company you know they both rode for axo you know the clothing thing they really didn't like Bale, both yeah. of them. <laughs> I actually didn't obviously that. <laughs> Bale had, you know, a little bit of a different deal. You know, he just, you know, he didn't fit in with those guys. Yeah. But. No, and that's right. You know, and Stanton and Bradshaw, yeah, they rode together at some point early on when Bradshaw was real young or something, didn't they? I thought. Who, they, Jeff and Bradshaw? Yeah, I think that. I mean, Stanton was a Yamaha support rider for a little bit. Yeah. Damon Bradshaw was always like the YZ80 kid. Yeah. Um, turns pro, wins right away. I mean, for sure is supposed to be the next deal. Won the 125 East title in 89. And then yeah, really went rookie year? into a massive battle with Mike Kudrowski for the 125 title. And Kudrowski was, you know, was what number 762 or something like that and he ends up winning the damn title bradshaw is supposed to be and he never went back and defended and he moved up to the 250s right away and you know didn't quite go the way he wanted but yeah bradshaw and stanton are actually cool they know they're better together than they are apart yeah you know what i mean yeah if you want to see bradshaw you want to see stanton too you know what i mean yeah i got to meet bradshaw i helped with the um pulp mx show in new jersey and okay. I, I actually got to i opened for them with comedy and i was hanging around because i set the thing up so i ended up talking to bradshaw and having like a five ten minute conversation and as a kid that started watching supercross in 89 you know like he was the man and he was super cool it was awesome to get to sit there and just have a little conversation he's still really super cool i mean we've been pretty lucky to use him um, at a mini bike race and at this thing and both times he's been just top shelf i mean what you need he does the way he works with the crowd the way he can still ride a bike i mean everything about him's you know really really special yeah yeah i've never been able to meet stanton but like i said being able to meet bradshaw that was sick and a lot of times you don't want to meet these people because then they disappoint stanton's you funny stanton's a wedding planner nuh-uh uh -huh. and always just yeah. posting pictures i guess he's wedding planner raises exotic deer you know yeah, the big high price say. ones that you'd sell to a thing oh yeah he's he's funny bicycle rider extraordinaire he does it all yeah he seems rad i follow him on instagram he's always hunting and riding bikes and vintage bikes and this and that oh, he, so. yeah he's he doesn't not ride he rides a lot that's awesome dude that's the best when people 
are past their career and they're still just like enjoying riding. It sucks to watch somebody get burnt out and then just basically kind of step away from it, you know? I think the people, I think you get burned out when you're racing and usually it takes a lot of stuff. And then it's just some buddies that want to go ride. And that's usually what gets you riding again is just yeah. doing something like, and for these guys, Stanton had told me, for instance, that the mini bike race at Chicago and this, this was the last thing he was doing. He's done. Like, I'm not helping you anymore. I'm done. I said, okay. And when we were done, when's the next one? I'm oh, like, are yeah? you done? I'll do these. I could do a lap and a half all day long. I could do these. I was like, okay, you could do these. You know, that's what it is, huh? Like, he still wants to be competitive, but when it gets into these things where you got to train too long, you know, like for a 20-minute motor or some shit like that, they're like, don't have the time or the enthusiasm to put in it, but a dude like that yeah like how competitive was stanton through his whole career like super competitive oh, I, you know I mean, that's that still in there absolute warrior i mean exactly. he went there just to be a savage yeah and you know that's still in there and, oh and... for sure <laughs> i mean you just watch him you know i mean you watch him in this thing he was you know bradshaw unfortunately was on a yz450 and jeff was on a cr250 yeah it's a difficult and Damon could, but you could see Jeff was trying to get inside him. And if he could have, he would have hit him. It would not have not hit him. He would have hit him for sure. And he just couldn't get the pass made, but he tried. Yeah. You know, I would expect nothing less. That's what I would want from uh, Bradshaw Stan. Yeah. You need to get, you you need to get chicken in Bradshaw. So that way someone's going off the track next time. (laughs) I guarantee you chickens still go fast. (laughs) They, they did that race before. Did you know that? No, when? At the U.S. Open probably 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, they did a couple of them. The one they did, they did Emig and LaRocco and Damon Huffman. And then the next year, they did Bradshaw and Matasevich. Uh, did they and run into each other? It wasn't close. <laughs> <laughs> Who won? Oh, Damon killed him. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't close at all. I thought chicken went to like world vets or something did pretty good like not too long ago i don't know maybe um, 15 years ago i don't know but yeah this was and this was again this was a lot this was be way before the monster cup this was the u.s open yeah you know? yeah so that was that long ago yeah he did good enough i remember damon did good enough they had some lap times he would have been like sixth quickest qualifier or something oh yeah <laughs> so he was coming back you know yeah. this was a return all i need is you know, I need a million five and I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a madman, dude. All those guys, yeah. like, it's so cool, like I said, that you brought some of those guys out that, you know, we grew up watching and a uh, little nostalgia for a fun race. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's good. You stepped out of the out of the box, out of the same lane as everybody and made something entertaining and fun for people to watch. And that's kind of like, I love entertainment. I love the the aspect of it. I've been pretty lucky with, for many, many years, I, I've got to be in front of the crowd. And, you know, you see when they're pumped and going out of their mind, and then you see when you say or something's about to happen, where they're like, oh, great, you know. So I like to think that I'm using my experience to give them what they want. And so far, it's been very early, but so far it's working out. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a great idea. And uh, yeah, we'd definitely like to be a affiliate or a partner or whatever. And um, 
No, I'll have I'll have my guy get a hold of you tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah, and then he's got uh, a guy. He's got. I got guys. All right. When you do the freestyle, when I at least need to be um, paparazzi. You're gonna be a, you're gonna be some paparazzi. Yeah, at the very least, I need to be there. Interviewing All right. People hey, I told paparazzi. you I had a uh, I had a delivery coming here. I gotta get it. My dogs are going nuts. All right. The are timing good, is impeccable. Guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can uh, head out if you want to. I appreciate you coming on, and um, dude, it's been great. And let's keep in touch, and we'll let everybody know about the your events coming up. Don't forget, man. We got Flat Track Fight Club coming up. Monday's the round table. Tuesday's the race. Tune in. And I'll let you I'm know when it. we do the freestyle. Hey, July 4th. I just talked to Trevor yesterday. We're doing a, another ride day at Trevor's, so you better come out. You might, I'll see you there. All right, perfect. <laughs> All right, All everybody. Right. Later, care, Rob. Thank safe. you. Cheers. Yeah. He's not going to We're going to get him. to watch him eat. Yeah, just shut your camera off, Rob. I'll kick him out of here. Such a remove you got removed bro no i just canceled it remove okay boom i kicked you out of the room bro beat it i'm like a bouncer talking about fight club too much is yeah. the first rule <laughs> yeah this fucking guy all he does his first room is his first rule is talk about fight club <laughs> hey we gotta get out here and talk about fight club some more it's the exact Every opposite week? it's the exact opposite of the original fight club that's why it's spelled wrong oh gosh um yeah uh we should i was just thinking about this i don't know what you're doing but supercross starts in one hour Oh, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I'm I'm actually talking shit to Wagnet right now. Oh, uh, well, I can't. Uh, <laughs> for everybody, well, if you if you're a fan of ours, you know that Nick's an asshole. So he's just been <laughs> harassing Wagnet about wearing his mask on Super. He responded. Did he? What did he say? Uh, because I was saying he works for Disney. Yeah. And he's like, was that when I uh worked as a janitor at Disney World in '98? <laughs> <laughs> so to give you some guys some uh backstory when i was watching supercross <clears throat> i'm sending nick pictures shameful of all the mechanics six feet apart with their fucking masks on here's my thing they How were ridiculous they were all tech tested everyone was tested they're all quarantined in utah now for the next three weeks uh then they get their temperatures taken every time they enter the stadium they have to stay six feet apart and wear a mask like i think it's we're getting infuriating we're getting a little bit silly why are they not they're not skipping every other gate do you see this, right <laughs> exactly and that bell the little foam in the bell helmet apparently it, stops coronavirus it's fine and then Athletes they don't get it. them with a microphone that's like on a fucking that's what i was gonna say stick. no so they no they thing, it's they have a, a mic stand, and the 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 announcer is just like fifteen feet away at the other end of the I'm, fucking see, stage. I'm so frustrated because this is clearly a giant publicity stunt. I, Yo. you know, they want to they want to take away from the fact that they're selling diabetes in a can with a green M on it. How about when they the they'll have the the um, announcer people like on the floor, like me standing here by myself. With a mask on. There's nobody even around them. They're the only one in There's, the shop. It's race gas they all around them, have... killing all the germs. <laughs> it's a, dude, I'm, I'm, I can't even get into it because it's so 
over the top and I get, oh, we're just doing our job. All right, you are, but part of your job is just being a giant publicity stunt to go along with the fact that everybody says coronavirus is what they say it is. And we know it's bullshit. Here's what I've come to the conclusion of, Nick. I've never made it further in careers because I've always been exactly like you're talking about. Yeah. Good. I'm always fired, like, dude. I'm always like, that's stupid. What the fuck are you guys doing? That's bullshit. <laughs> and I should have just been yeah, like, you... you're right. The e. Wagner's already at the top of his game. Like, not that he can't do better, but he's the top guy. No one's gonna get rid of him, dude. He's got a voice. If all of a sudden he's like the only guy on the broadcast without a mask, get him and math. Math is fucking bitching about nets, nets and corners and stuff. He fucking still made it. Here, if we make it to Supercross next week and we don't wear the mask, yeah, nobody ever hears from us again. But well, if Wagnett doesn't, they're like, well, Jason's not we here. We need he way goes, more followers before anybody's bringing us to Supercross without a mask. Well, that's what I'm saying, because all of a sudden we get a bazillion followers, and then Feld and Disney and ABC would wipe them all out, or whoever runs it. It's 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 clearly probably, dude, everybody's marching, right? I know. Nothing's I know. Happening. I know. The exact same people that were like, we need to stay home because Corona is now like, yeah, yep. protesters for justice. And I'm like, are they not going to die? Are you sending these people <laughs> to die? What is going on? Not this time. Not this time. Not this time for justice. Just, it's fu- You don't catch a virus if you're fighting for justice. They're not going to go by their grandmas for two weeks because that's the only they're going to kill their grandmas if they do. But right now they got to fight for this is Justice. a different we turned into a different podcast this is no carnival parking again i'm furious right now <laughs> i'm so upset let me check my blood pressure it is hilarious do you want to seriously though until these three or four beers kicked in i can't take a deep breath right here because when I, I i was the one time i'm riding by myself and i got squirrely it started like high siding and then i saved it and then it started high siding it did that like four times and then i hit that tree the bars slapped me in the chest one of those times. And it's like, I take a deep breath and it feels like my ribs fucking. Not even from the tree? You took a handlebar in the chest that hard from a swap? Yeah, dude, because I fought Holy it from probably fuck. like 30 feet. You could see my marks like swapping. And by the time I got to the tree, I was at a dead stop. So the bike hit the tree and I popped off and I was on. I never hit the ground. I was on my feet. But in that fight against trying not to die, the, the clutch perch hit me right in the fucking right below my boob, dude. And it wasn't bad. And then I lifted some heavy shit. Not working out, obviously. But just some things. And now it's like, now it feels good because the beer's, you know, doing its job. But like yawning or laughing or having to sneeze, that really sucks. Yeah, I've been there. I bet you bruised your cartilage or something. Cause I, I think did... so because it's like in between them, you know? Yep. I bruised but... my cartilage in between my sternum and my rib cage. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. That I've done shit the sternum before. That fucking, that's a while. Well, they said it was just the cartilage in between. It wasn't even like my sternum was bruised. It was just the cartilage. But still, when I coughed, I had to fucking, I was telling this story the other night. I had to hold my ribs in and be like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like my own little. I was trying to <laughs> cough in front of Christy earlier. And I was like. <laughs> yeah, like, hold now your I can ribs. Because I got a little buzz. But hold them. I look like. Huh? Squeeze them with your arms. And it feels like I can feel it in the back, like it's my lung. But oh, like, dude, you have you laid down on your back on something hard? Do your ribs poke out? No, that Christy had that, dude. Where the rib popped out? Where yeah? 
We thought she had like a, a, I don't know, a kidney infection for a while. Then she thought it was like a lung thing. And then we went to the, our chiropractor friend. He's like, it's your rib and fixed it. I popped like two out and I thought my ribs were broken. It's when I broke my collarbone. And because um, I went like I got I hit something and it just um, my back end jacked me and I just went over the I didn't even let go, dude. I was just on the bar still. I thought it was going to set back down and just went boom right to my face going like third gear. I tried to jump this 85 foot like tabletop and 75 I, foot. No, it was 85. <laughs> it was third like wrapped and it was they had put sawdust before it. So I kind of like, like, and I had a shit tire. You know how that goes. I was a freestyle guy at the time. So yeah. I'm all just bald tire. Suspension sucked. Wrapped third. <laughs> yeah. There was actually something wrong with this shock, I'm pretty sure. Because I rode it freestyle and I was supposed to flip. And I'm like, dude, I'm not flipping this fucking thing right now. I don't know what is wrong with it. And I took it and got the shock done. Actually, after I broke my collarbone, I rode it, didn't flip it. Then I took it to the track broke my collarbone on it and then i was like okay i got suspension done i can see there's something there what you're not doing a good job hiding it whatever no i'm filming these birds (laughs) so i moved because i was sitting over here Uh uh-huh i'm sitting right there and see that yeah right there it's a bird's nest Mm. and that's why i moved because the mom was staring at me with worms in her mouth she was the like, get podcast. out of the way. I need to feed. It's dinner time, you asshole. Get uh, yeah, out of the so way. she finally just came up and started feeding her birds. Look at No, I'm filming these birds. Oh, shit. <laughs> Me talking. So, oh, uh, got it. Look at that. Nature. Nature. Oh, my God. It's so cute. So, I, first lap, I just jumped onto the tabletop, jumped off. Second lap, I um I did the same thing. And then when I jumped off of the tabletop, there was like, oh no, maybe first lap I jumped off of the tabletop and I hit this bad braking bump and it like stood me up real hard. So then the second lap I went all the way to the right and just jumped on the tabletop and pinned it and jumped off and was fine. Third lap I tried to jump it, which set me right in the exact same line that I was in the first time when I hit the bad kick. But now I cased the tabletop and bounced off of it directly into those bumps. And it was like, it was like flat and then there was those bumps and then it kind of like went down into the turn. So when I hit the bumps, I thought it was going to stand me back up, but like the ground fell away enough that I just went all the way over to my face. <laughs> and I, I had a, I never even took my hands off the bars or anything. I had a, <laughs> That's the worst just as far back as you could go, you know, like try this a suicide attempt. Yeah. Just try to stop it. I'm just all why I'm right to my face. And fucking I had a um, neck brace on and it broke a full like inch and a half out of my collarbone. Like I'm pretty sure the neck brace yeah. like broke it out and um, my ribs hurt. But I'm like, I broke my ribs like they're not going to they're going to fucking ace bandage them or whatever. So I'm like, it's not I'm not yeah, spending exactly. another fourteen hundred bucks on these two x-rays they're about to do on them. So I don't get the x-rays and like for two weeks. Same thing. I can't like if i lay on my back it feels like there's a rubik's cube right next to my spine like inside my back and um my ribs kind of stuck out so i thought for sure they were broke well two and a half weeks later i'm doing something and i sneeze and at first i'm like oh wait hold on that that actually feels better and then i was like dude they went back in Uh, two and a half weeks later me neither 
That's until when I, Christy went for like a week with all this. She thought she had a kidney infection. She thought maybe it was a lung issue, had all these different deals. Then she thought she had a pinched nerve. And uh, her friend's husband's a chiropractor. He's like, her ribs out. And I've never even heard of that. Me neither. And I'm in the chiropractor. shit. But they, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. They finally pop back in, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, as soon as it happened, I was with Lindsay at the house in Georgia. She was like sitting in the office. I'm like right at the doorway and I was doing something. I sneezed and I was like, ow. And then I turned and I'm like, it feels better. And I go, I think my ribs were dislocated. Like I didn't even know it was a thing. But after the pain just went away and they were flat again, I'm like, I think you can dislocate your ribs. And she's like, what? So I Google it. And sure enough, that's like dislocated oh, hey. ribs. What are you, a doctor, Clint? Did you find it out <laughs> yeah. on the internet? Yeah, exactly. The Did you internet find it out where scientist? all information ever is? Well, no, I like... God, we're really getting off topic now. Yes. I get yelled at, right? And it's like, what are you, an internet? They're like, do your own research. And then when you do and you come up with something not what they said, they're like, what are you, an internet scientist? And I'm like, well, which one am I supposed to do? I, I can't go to the library. It's shut down. Am I supposed to be an internet scientist or am I supposed to fucking listen to whatever you guys tell me? Like, tell me which one I'm supposed I, to do. I, I tweeted Fauci. He said it was okay. Dude. They're like, yeah, but when you were talking about that rib, that week that that happened, I think we had um, Cody Kavanaugh or something on, and you guys started talking about popping ribs out of place and how painful it was. And that, I'm like, this is the first time I ever heard it was with Christy. Both of you guys start talking about it. Uh, I don't think that's what this is. I think I just, the perch bruised it. But, well, I did both. My, my attorneys are going to be contacting Trevor shortly. TV oh, land. you know what? I fucking left my stand at Trevor's house. Oh. Your dirt bike I got that stand? stand for free too. Give it. Why can I don't have a stand? I haven't had a stand for five years now. I could have used it. Well, I didn't realize it till I got home, and then the day after, I put my bike in the garage. I'm like, why am I leaning against the wall? No stand Saturday. I was committed. You're, you're just like me now. You're <laughs> riding on the weekend, hanging your bike off a fucking tie down. <laughs> just a little like dents all over the truck people are like people are like didn't you used to ride for a living i'm like yeah no motorcycle stands i don't know just hanging <laughs> it on this just hooking it to this tie down because my truck's new five more years i'll be just leaning it on the side there'll just be grip marks all over i lean it on the side i moved some of my graphics this weekend when i stuck my bike on there all of a sudden i went back and my better business bureau logo was like all smeared up uh, and moved because getting in out of the truck it was moving the bars yeah yeah Damn. yeah you need to get better stickers. You should get better stickers. So this is now number nine because number nine at Trevor's, I tried to record through the internet and the internet, go figure, in a flyover state is not good enough to record. That's barely flyover. Dude, let me tell you, the podcast we did with Trevor up there is like 15 <laughs> minutes long. No, no, no. It's like we'll have a conversation and then it'll be like cut to like two minutes later. Like, uh, <laughs> like it'll be us talking and it'll just like jump to like a totally new conversation that, that we're having. The one you posted on Facebook? Yeah. Is that why it was skipping like that? Yeah, exactly. My dad thought you edited it just to show Trevor's lady friend smoking in different positions. <laughs> I can't look at that. <laughs> Every time it would just cut to her just going. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Every time like, it would thought, cut. He goes, dude, that was perfect. Did you make that? Dude, like, no, Clint put that up. I tried to watch it to download it, and that's when I, because I was like, why does it only say 15 minutes? And then I realized, but I'm watching it, and it's the same thing. It's like her over here literally taking a drag, and then all of a sudden she's like, poof, onto this other, <laughs> onto the bench, also taking a drag, and then next thing you know, she's like, back in the chair, taking another drag, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Dude, the best part was Isaac comes out of Trevor's house get with another water. I'm like, buddy, you've got a water right there. Isaac's my six-year-old son, by the way. So he's in Trevor's house, fishing around in his fridge to get another water. He goes, somebody put another crayon in my water. I go over there, it's a cigarette. It is water. And then I look where she's sitting. There's a bottle just full of cigarettes. And she just put it in his, in his water he was drinking. Did he drink out of it after? Did he get a little nicotine no, buzz? He looked. I told her. My dad told her he did. And then we said he started smoking. She's like, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> like He now dips cigarettes. He just rips <laughs> cigarettes open and sticks that's them in his lip. That's what we went lip. to. Because we're like, now he's one. Oh, that's it. You got flown over now you locked up finally this is how every fucking show ends with just somebody locking up look at his face look at his sour face all locked up Ooh. i'm gonna look like nick does right now <laughs> all right we may be back it's 9 12 right now we might be back and watch supercross live bros I can talk him into it. See how much liquor he has over there. It's only 9 o'clock there for Supercross 9, 10, 11. 10, 11, 12, 1. Is it three hours? I'm not going to make that. If it's three hours, I'm not making all of Supercross. So. But anyway, <clears throat> that was Rob Bytus. He does the Moto Fight Clubs and now Flat Track Fight Clubs. So, um, don't buy your shit yet. Wait until we're an affiliate and then you buy it through our link. All right. All right. I'm going to be spamming you with that shit. Anyway, two wheels of freedom.com. Um, the Clint files, I used to have that in this feed. It's coming back. I'm going to interview doctors and stuff. Talk about healing techniques, nutrition, uh, you know, alternatives to regular pain medicine, stuff like that. We're going to get back on that. And um, I'm probably going to do it in the studio. Definitely have doctors on. I'm rambling at this point. One tequila drink. That's where we go. So maybe see you for Supercross in a little bit. I don't know. But anyway, well, if you're on the audio version, you're definitely not going to hear Supercross. So sorry. But next week, we'll be back. Later, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, and honestly, if you have any opinions on anything, please let us know if we can make something better. Audio, video, blah, blah, blah. Hit us up. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, and I do have a Patreon that I don't really mess with right now, but I'm thinking about some stuff like maybe making it that if we or when we do any of those previews or premieres or viewing parties, you'd already basically be able to get into every one and maybe do some special podcasts so um i'll keep you guys informed but once again thank you subscribe like share with your friends whatever <laughs>